0: You are listening to the Mystical City in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, the reader and commentator on Venerable Maria of Agreda's Biography of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today, we are reading from chapter 4, beginning at paragraph 35. How the divine decrees are classified according to instance, and what God and each determined to communicate ad extra. I understand that this order comprises the following instance. The first instant is God recognizing his infinite attributes and perfections together with the propensity and the ineffable inclination to communicate himself outwardly. This knowledge of God is being communicated ad extra, comes first. The majesty of God beholding the nature of his infinite perfections their virtue and efficacy, operating with magnificence, saw that it was just and most proper, and as it were, a duty and a necessity, to communicate himself and to follow that inclination of imparting and exercising his liberality and mercy, by distributing outside of himself with magnificence, the plenitude of the infinite treasures contained in the divinity." For being infinite in all things, it is much more natural that he communicate gifts and graces than that fire should ascend, or the stone should gravitate towards its center, or that the sun should diffuse its light. This unfathomable depth of perfections, this affluence of treasures, this impetuous infinity of riches, is set in motion by its own inclinations to communicate itself. At the same time, God is in himself conscious that to distribute gifts and graces is not to diminish his riches, but to increase them in the only possible way by giving an outlet to the inexhaustible fountain of his riches. All this did God see in the first instant after the communication ad intra by means of the eternal emanations. Seeing this, he found himself, as it were, obliged in himself to communicate himself odd extra, perceiving that it was holy, just, merciful, and godlike to do so. Hence, nothing could impede him. According to our mode of understanding, we can represent God to our minds as not being satisfied nor at rest with himself until he reached the object of his desires, the creatures, where and with whom, by making them partakers of his divinity and perfections, he seeks his delight. In this enlightenment and knowledge which I possess, two things hold my lukewarm heart in wonder, and inflame it unto annihilation. The first is the inclination and urgent desire which I see in God, and the strong will to communicate his divinity and the treasures of his grace. The second is the unspeakable and incomprehensible immensity of the good gifts, which I see he wishes to distribute according to this decree, assigning them for this purpose, and not remaining infinite as if he had not yet given nothing. In this desire and inclination which fills his majesty, I see him prepared to sanctify justify, overwhelm with gifts and perfections all creatures together, and each one in particular for itself. He would be ready to give to each of the creatures more than what is held by all the angels and seraphim together. Even if all the drops in the ocean and the grains of sand on the shores, all the stars, the planets, and the elements, and all creatures were capable of reason and of his gifts, they would receive them without measure." provided they would dispose themselves and place no obstacle toward receiving them. O fearful malice of sin, which alone is capable of holding up the impetuous stream of such great and eternal gifts! The second instant was to confirm and determine the object and intention of this communication of the divinity ad extra, namely, that it should redound to his greater glory, to the exaltation of his majesty and the manifestation of his greatness. This... His own exaltation, God saw as the end, for which he would communicate himself, make himself known by his liberality and the distribution of his attributes, and set in motion his omnipotence in order that he might be known, praised, and glorified. The third instant considered in selecting and determining the order and arrangement of the mode of this communication so as to realize in an adequate manner the most exalted ends. The order, namely, which it is proper, should be maintained in regard to the communications of the Godhead and His divine attributes, so that this activity of the Lord may have its proper reasons and objects, and so that it might proceed with the most beautiful and admirable sequence, harmony, and subordination. In this instant was decreed, first of all, that the divine word should assume flesh and should become visible. The perfection and and the composition of the Most Holy Humanity of Christ our Lord was decreed and modeled in divine intelligence. Secondarily, also were formed the ideals of the rest in men in imitation of the first. The divine mind prearranged the harmony and adornment of the human nature composed of an organic body and a vivifying soul, endowed with faculties to know and enjoy its creator, to discern between good and evil and with a free will to love that same Lord. This hypostatic union of the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, I understood necessarily to have been the first incentive and object on account of which, before all others, the divine intelligence and will issued odd extra. And the reasons are most exalted so that I cannot explain. One of these reasons is that God, having in himself known and loved himself, should, according to right order, know and love that which approaches most intimately to his divinity, and, as is the case in the hypostatic union. Another reason is that the divinity, having communicated itself ad intra, should also communicate itself ad extra. For this, the divine will and intention would begin to execute its works with the highest end in view and his attributes would be communicated in the most beautiful order. The fire of the divinity expended itself in its fullest measure, on which was most immediately connected with it, namely the hypostatically united humanity, and his divinity communicated itself in the highest and most excellent degree to him, who was to be the closest to God in divine knowledge and love, and share the works and the glory of the deity. For God, speaking according to our lowly comprehension, could not endanger the attainment of this end. Since he alone could be an object, proportionate and worthy of so wonderful an operation, it was also befitting, as it were necessary, that if God should create many creatures, he should create them in such harmony and subordination, as would be the most admirable and glorious within the reach of possibility. In conformity with this, therefore, they must be subordinate to a supreme chief, who would be as far as possible united immediately with God so that through Him they may have communication and connection with His divinity. For these, and for other reasons which I cannot explain, the dignity of the works of God could be provided for only by the incarnation of the Word. Through Him, creation should possess the most beautiful order, which, without Him, was impossible. The fourth instant was to determine the gifts and graces which were to be conferred upon the humanity of Christ, our Lord, in union with his divinity. Here the Most High opened the liberal hands of his omnipotence and his other attributes in order to enrich the most sacred humanity and the soul of Christ with the highest possible plenitude of his graces and gifts. Then was fulfilled what afterward David said, The stream of the river maketh the city of God joyful, Psalm 45, verse 5. When the stream of his gifts flowed toward the humanity of the word, communicating to it the infused science, the grace and goodness of which his blessed soul was capable, and which fitted that being which was to be God and true man, and at the same time the head of all creatures, capable of grace and glory, in order that from this impetuous stream they might partake in the manner in which it afterwards really happened. To this instant also and as it were, in natural sequence, pertain the decree and predestination of the mother of the divine word incarnate. For here, I understand, was ordained that pure creature, before aught else whatever. Thus, before all other creatures, which she conceived in the divine mind, in such manner and such state as befitted, and became the dignity, excellence, and the gifts of the humanity of her most holy Son." to her flowed over at once and immediately the river of the divinity and its attributes with all its impetuosity, in as far as a mere creature is capable, and as is due to the dignity of the Mother of God. In the knowledge of these exalted mysteries and decrees, I confess myself ravished in admiration and transported beyond my proper self, perceiving this most holy and pure creature formed and conceived in the divine mind from the beginning. And before all the ages, I joyously, exultantly magnify the Omnipotent for the admirable and mysterious decree by which he formed for us such a pure and grand, such a mysterious and godlike creature, worthy rather to be admired and praised by all beings than to be described by anyone. In my admiration, I can say with St. Dionysius the Areopagite, if faith would not instruct me, and if the understanding of what I see would not teach me that it is God who has conceived her in his mind, and who alone could and can in his omnipotence form such an image of his divinity, if this all were not present to my mind, I might begin to doubt whether the virgin mother contained not in herself divinity. Oh, what tears flowed from my eyes, and what sorrowful astonishment possessed my soul to see that divine prodigy not acknowledged and that wonder of the Most High not manifest to all the mortals. Much is known of it, but much more is unknown, as this sealed book has not been opened. I ravished in the perception of this tabernacle of God, and I perceived that the author of it is more admirable in her creation than in that of all the rest of the world, although the diversity of the creatures manifests the wonderful power of their Creator." in this queen alone are comprehended and contain more treasures than in all the rest of things joined together, and the variety and the preciousness of her riches honor the Lord above all the multitudes of the other creatures. Here, according to our way of understanding, the promise, and as it were the contract, was made with the word as to the degree of sanctity and perfection in the gifts and graces which were to be possessed by Mary his mother. Also, As to the protection, support, and defense which was to be provided for, this true city of God, in which his majesty contemplated the graces and the merits which she earned for herself, as well as the fruits to be gathered for his people by the loving returns which she was to make to his majesty. In the same instant, and as it were in the third and last place, God determined to create a locality and an abode where the incarnate word and his mother should converse and dwell. For them primarily did he create the heaven and the earth with its stars and elements and all that is contained in them. Secondarily, the intention and decree included the creation of the members of which Jesus was to be the head and of whom he would be king in order that with kingly providence all the necessary and befitting arrangements might be made beforehand. I pass over to the fifth instant. Although in reality I found that which I sought, In this fifth decree, the creation of the angelic nature, which is more excellent and more like unto the spiritual being of the divinity, was determined upon, and at the same time the division of arrangement of the angelic hosts into nine choirs and three hierarchies was provided and decreed, as they are created first of all for the glory of God to assist before his divine majesty, and to know and love him so secondarily. They are ordained to assist, glorify, and honor, reverence, and serve the deified humanity of the eternal word, recognizing him as head, and honoring him also in his mother, the most holy Mary, queen of the same angels. Commission was given to these angels to bear them up in their hands in all their ways. In this instant, Christ our Lord earned for them by his infinite merits, present and foreseen, all the grace which they were to receive. He was constituted as their head, exemplar, and supreme king, of whom they should be subjects. Even if the number of angels had been infinite, the merits of Christ, our highest good, would be abundantly sufficient to supply them all with grace. To this instant belongs also the predestination of the good and the reprobation of the bad angels. God saw in it, by means of his infinite science, all the works of the former and of the latter in the propriety of predestining by his free will and by his merciful liberality, those that would obey and give honor and of reprobating by his justice those who would rise up against his majesty and pride and disobedience on account of the disordered self-love. In the same instant also was decreed the creation of the Empyrean heaven, for the manifestation of his glory and the reward of the good, also the earth and the other heavenly bodies for the other creatures, moreover, also in the center of depth of the earth, hell, for the punishment of the bad angels. In the sixth instant was decreed the creation of a people and congregation of men for Christ, who was already formed of the divine mind and will, and according to whose image and likeness man was to be made, in order that the incarnate word might find brethren, similar but inferior to himself, and a people of his own nature, of whom he might be the head. In this instant was determined the order of the creation of the whole human race, which was to begin from one man and one woman and propagate itself until the virgin and her son should be born in the predestined order. On account of the merits of Christ our Savior, the graces and gifts were prearranged, and also original justice, if they would only preserve it. The fall of Adam was foreseen, and in him that of all others, except of the queen who did not enter into this decree." As a remedy was it ordained that the most holy humanity should be capable of suffering. The predestined were chosen by free grace, and the foreknown were reprobated with exact justice, all that was convenient and necessary for the conservation of the human race, and for obtaining the end of redemption, and the predestination was preordained. Without interfering with the free will of men, for such ordainment was comfortable to God's nature and to divine equity, There was no injustice done to them. For if with their free will they could sin, so also could they abstain from sin by means of grace and the light of reason. God violated the right of no one, since he forsook no one, nor denied to anyone that which is necessary. Since his law is written in the hearts of men, nobody is excused for not knowing and loving him in the highest good of all creation." In the perception of these mysteries, I saw with great clearness and force the high motives which caused God to manifest and magnify Himself, and which should induce men to praise and adorn the greatness of the Creator and Redeemer of all. I also saw how tardy they are in the acknowledgment of these obligations and in making return for these benefits. And I was made aware of the complaints and the indignation of the Most High on account of this forgetfulness. His majesty commanded and exhorted me not to be guilty of such ingratitude, but to offer him a sacrifice of praise and a new song, that I might magnify him in the name of all creatures. O most high and incomprehensible Lord, would that I had the love and perfections of all the angels and the just in order to confess and praise worthily thy greatness. I acknowledge, great and mighty Lord, that such a vile creature as I cannot merit the memorable benefit of receiving this clear and exalted knowledge and light concerning thy exalted majesty. At the sight of thy greatness I perceive my littleness, which before that happy hour was unknown to me, and I was ignorant of the greatness and excellence of the virtue of humility, which is learnt in this science. I do not wish to say that I now possess the virtue, but neither can I deny that I have been shown the certain path which leads to it, Thy light, O Most High Lord, illumines me, and Thy lamp shows me Thy paths, so that I see what I have been, and what I am, and fear what I may become to be. Thou hast lighted up, Most High King, my understanding, and inflamed my will with its most exalted object. Thou hast entirely drawn me on to seek Thee, and I wish to make this known to all mortals, in order that they may leave me in peace, and I them. I am for my Beloved. And although I am unworthy, my beloved is for me. Strengthen then, O Lord, my weakness, that I may run after thee, and reaching thee I may never leave thee or lose thee. Very short and stammering is this chapter. For of this matter many books could be written, but I refrain because I do not know how to speak, and I am an ignorant woman. My sole object has been to explain how the Virgin Mother has been formed and preordained in the divine mind before the ages. That which I have seen over and above concerning this highest mystery transforms my interior, and in silent admiration makes me praise the author of such magnificence in company with the blessed, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Sabaoth. This concludes day 8 of our reading from the mystical city of God. Today we read chapter 4 paragraphs 35 to 51. In today's reading, we hear that God wishes to give graces to his chosen souls. We see how that gift of grace was communicated to the Lord Jesus. We also see how that gift of grace was communicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. But we also know that God wishes to bestow his graces upon us. And that grace is a gift of God. It's something given to us. It's unmerited, but God gives it to us. When we pray to God and we receive an answer prayer, well, that's a grace that we have received. God gives us different graces as we continue to persevere in the Christian life. So a lot of the different virtues, God gives us the grace to live them and to carry them out in our life. Now, it's interesting because we also hear, O fearful malice of sin, which alone is capable of holding up the impetuous stream of such great and eternal gifts. So, sometimes sin cuts us off from receiving this gift and the grace of God, and especially mortal sin does. And that's why we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. And there we receive sacramental grace, which then restores us to divine life with God and to friendship. And then we receive that grace of God again in our life. When we go to Holy Communion, We receive God's grace and God's gifts. He communicates them to us. The angel Gabriel told Mary, Hail, full of grace. And we kind of hear that already here in this chapter. To her flowed over at once and immediately the river of the divinity and its attributes with all its impetuosity. And as far as mere creatures is capable and is due to the dignity of the mother of God. So Mary, because of the role that she has received, that she has been given by God, is given more grace because she is the fullness of grace. And it's due to her, given her role that she has in being the mother of the Redeemer. What we are reading and listening to in Maria of right now is the order of creation and how God was at work in creation. And we heard that beautiful line, too, in the reading today that Mary was already in the mind of God from the very beginning of creation. And that's something Fulton Sheen says. And we just think about some of these holy and pious thoughts that Maria of Agreda is communicating to us. But most of all today, we pray that we might be open to receive God's grace that he might remove whatever obstacles are in our heart or in our life, so that we might be an empty vessel ready to receive all that we can from his divine goodness. I'm Father Edward Looney, and you have been listening to The Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, in which I'm reading the four volumes of The Mystical City of God by Venerable Maria Vagrida. If you don't already have a copy of the four volumes, please go on over to Tan Books and acquire your own copy and read along with me throughout this year. May God bless you today, and may Mary pray for you.